Welcome to the Ramble Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Primus, father, entrepreneur, filmmaker, athlete, hopeful writer, and dedicated wanderer. I'm curious to learn more about how people live their lives, their struggles, and passions, and pains. So every week, with athletes, entrepreneurs, healers, adventurers, and beyond, I'm going to have unbound and uncensored long-form conversations about people, places, pursuits, and performance. Enjoy. Hello. Hello, hello, beautiful people. I've got a treat from down under today with my new friend, Michael George Knight, uh, which, by the way, I love the way your name sounds altogether. It sounds so badass. Michael is a he's an author. He's a podcaster. And he's also the founder of the world's largest free book summary platform, Best Book Bits, with over 700 free book summaries in written video and audio format uploaded to his platform. He is the author of the book, Success in 50 Steps, excuse me, the proven formula that works, which I have ordered, but it hasn't yet arrived. And is also the host, as I said, of the Best Books podcast, a top 20 Australian podcast show, which he interviews authors and high-performance entrepreneurs from all around the world. His book, Success in 50 Steps, took 13 years of research to perfect for his formula of success. I thought my 10 years with getting naked was a long time. Definitely going to dive into that. Into that, Michael takes the guesswork out of personal achievement by walking the reader through all 50 steps, beginning with dreams and finishing with dream realization, aka success. Michael teaches readers how to unlock their passions and desires, transforming them into purpose and goals, creating winning habits, work ethic, and plans of action in appropriate timeframes, while increasing knowledge to generate new ideas, thinking, beliefs, and adjusting attitude to fit with in with desired dreams. Michael helps you grow by unlocking your fear of failure and giving you the courage, discipline, and motivation to persist on your journey to success with the pathway to success outlined in 50 easy steps, which I'm sure we're going to go over on this podcast. He also has a method called the archery method, which has a unique, a unique 28 day coaching program where I believe all this happens. So we are going to dive into it. Michael, welcome to the show. Joel, thanks for the uh, amazing introduction. And I just want to apologize <laughs> for people out there, especially in Canada. If you buy the book, it's too expensive online for some reason. We just realized that. So if uh, you guys want a copy of success in 50 steps, just reach out to me personally and uh, I'll shoot you a free copy of the book. But yeah, appreciate uh, you coming on, Joel. Uh, thanks for the uh, great introduction and I look forward to giving as much value as I can uh, on the podcast today. I have no doubt. Thank you. How's the weather down there? You guys are uh, going to your winter, right? Yeah, going into sort of autumn. It's sort of 5 a.m. in the morning right now, dark outside, cold. So I'm not sure what today is going to be. But yeah, with Melbourne, you get four seasons uh, in one day. Yes, I am from Australia. I'm from Melbourne, Australia, down under. And yeah, the weather, weather's generally good. Uh, so no complaints here. Yeah, probably coldest day is maybe 18 degrees. So it's not... Oh, um, come yeah, on now. <laughs> 18 yeah. degrees and that's... That's Celsius, not Fahrenheit for the American listeners. Yeah, no Mate, complaints. Here. You look fantastic for 5 a.m. Just had a coffee. So um, I do have the coffee from the world's number one uh, dad. So the world's coolest dad ever. I've got two young kids and uh, a wife inside. Uh, I built a 
little studio next to the house. So I've got a little soundproof uh, studio where I can get up early in the morning and, and, and do podcasts. So as yourself, I'm a podcast host myself, interviewing world-class authors around the world. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a passion of mine, which we can uh, jump into as well. But that's how we met. I interviewed you uh, probably a month or so yeah. ago, and uh, we deep dived on uh, some of your life experiences as well. But I'm glad to have the opportunity to be on the other side of the mic today and sort of uh, give as much value as possible to the listeners and audience out there. I'm curious if at some point you'll just accidentally default to interviewing me and it will just be <laughs> the whole so. habit system just can't turn off. I hope so. Well, one of the lessons of being a podcaster is, as you know, it's it's not what you know, it's what you can ask. So questions are the things that unlock people. So if you ask the right questions of someone, it's no telling what you can actually extract from them as well. Mm-hmm. So everyone's got the same answers, you know, two plus two equals four, but the way you ask someone a question, you really ask a key that's going to unlock something as well. So the power of questions and then mm-hmm. shutting up your mouth and then using two ears to, to listen to that knowledge, that's really the next level in sort of uh, human understanding. And, and that a conversation could be with anyone from a homeless person to a billionaire to everyone in between. Everyone has something to teach you. Sometimes the, the biggest values in life are the ones that, uh, really get taught and going down a rabbit hole. So I had an experience uh, in San Francisco uh, many, many years ago where the homeless population and we just we were on our honeymoon. And what happens was we came from Mexico, uh, one of those seven star resorts in Mexico down to San Francisco and uh, really hit home the level of homelessness there and what we actually experienced. So on the way, the 16 hour flight back to Melbourne, Australia, I came up with a business plan on how to solve uh global uh, homelessness. And I came up with a business called um, Two Helping One. So two hands helping one. So two people helping one person. And it was called Sponsorship Facilitation of the Unhome. So as a, as a mathematician and a data person, I worked out how can we scientifically actually create a formula that actually works. So yeah, and interview. So what happened was I got back to Melbourne and I wrote this business plan and you know all business plans work on paper as we all know, because we can all create stories and fictions in our heads. So what I wanted to do is prove it small on a small scale. So I went out there and I actually interviewed homeless people. Mm-hmm. And some of the results I got was absolutely amazing. Yeah, long story short, I don't know how we got onto this particular topic, but yeah, learning the lessons from people that have uh, quote unquote failed in life was more wisdom from those people than some of the billionaires that I've inter- had the pleasure of interviewing on my podcast as well, because you're getting the real, the raw. And sometimes my early teachers, you know, Jim Ron, Zig Ziglar and all those talk about you learn more from a failure than you do from success. Yeah. So just wanted to add that. It's really yeah, interesting we- that you say that. I, I was listening to uh, Stephen Pressfield, The War of Art. If you haven't read it, it's awesome. I can never remember if it's Presserfield or Pressfield. I think it's Pressfield. And he was talking about something similar. And I don't want to sound insensitive here. He was working at, I don't know what you call them today. They used to be called insane asylums uh, or, but what do you call them today? Are they just, you know, are they just psychiatric facilities or facilities for, you know, giving care to those who have some psychiatric challenges, difficulties, disabilities. And he was saying that the most fascinating interview uh, individuals he ever met were inside there. And in fact, he said that they were the most real individuals he's ever met because in many respects, they had seen past the veil of all the bullshit that we 
sometimes, you know, think, you know, these fictions you talk about, they'd actually seen past that. Uh, and it was too much to handle. And sometimes that takes you down this road where, you know, you mentioned that you, you can end up being homeless uh, or you can end up being in, you know, a place where you need some added care. But I find it fascinating that you went down there. What was, what was the, was the most shocking yet useful and, uh, you know, changed, maybe changed the course of your life that you learned asking those questions when you were in that area of Melbourne? Yeah. So one of the analogies that I picked up and one of the themes I got was early stage homelessness is like this, right? You're driving your car down a highway. Okay. You run out of fuel. What do you do? You call someone and say, can you bring a jerry can and bring me five liters of gas or, you know, in Australia, petrol or diesel, whatever, you need five liters, just a small jerry can to put it into the car to get you to your next destination. Sometimes what happens is a homeless person might find themselves what they call unhomed, where they don't have a stable place where they can go and rest. And then they might spend one night in the street and all they're looking for is that next sort of bed or that next friend. They've broken their bridges with their friends, their family. They've got addictions of some sort, machinations of the world's against them. So obviously the negative thought patterns that that manifest into, you know, it's me against the world, which it's not, but just that five liters of fuel. Sometimes all they need is five liters of fuel, a bed, shower, safe accommodation, maybe a job, and then that, that's fine. You can look at drug addicts, that people are drug addicts, but might have great job, well, have a job, have a house, have a family, have a network of friends, and they're not unhomed. And no one really cares because it's like, oh, you can do whatever you want in your personal life. But we treat people that are unhomed. They, some of these people just need five liters of fuel to, mm. to get home. And this is where my charity basically to helping one. And it's not something I promote and it's not something I do full time. But yeah, so the analogy that I found was early stage homelessness could actually stop long stage homelessness by that five liters of fuel analogy. And I think everyone in life sometimes just needs that five liters of fuel, whether that be a chat, a rest, a holiday, we all need, we all need a break and we all need other people helping. So the two helping one analogy is life, you know, two parents or two people create one person. And that's just the facts of the matter. You know, you've got the sun and the moon. They, they both, the duality of life is, you know, two helping one. And that's just a mathematical formula that I give and because one of my highest values is people. So people are superior to everything. People have money. People have shelter. People have knowledge. People have everything. So if you name anything, someone goes, I had one of my friends uh, about a year ago. He asked me, Michael, what do you invest in? And straight away, I said people. And he said, what do you mean by people? He said, I thought you were going to say crypto, real estate, stock shares. You've done all these books. I was like, understand. So those things don't exist. They're not real. So if you look at the matrix, right, they're just machinations of our mind. But People are real. You can touch, smell, you can hug someone, someone can keep like people have everything you need. So when you realize that if you actually spent more time investing in people, you'll have everything you need because you've actually got your value ladder leaned up against the right wall, where a lot of people have things leaned up against the wrong wall, mm-hmm. which is they want things, not not people, but people have the things and control the things. So yeah. for example, you're in Canada. I know you, you've got, um, you like to go, was it hiking, hunting, fishing, all those fun stuff, right? I don't have any of those, right? But I know you. And I'll say, hey, Joel, I'm traveling. You go, okay, come past, come spend some time. Let's go do some cool stuff. Yeah. What did that cost me? Nothing. And what did you, what did, what did you cost to actually help facilitate that? Nothing. Because it's, it's, it's based on the principles of human to human. 
Yeah. You're in Australia. I tell all my authors, when you're in Melbourne, Australia, I'll give you a tour. I'll co- show you some, what that cost? Nothing. So again, it's, it's not, it's not what you know. It's, it's, it's not even who, you know, it's how you interact with your fellow human being. Yeah. So your, your network of family, friends, and, and people around you um, is more superior than the house you've got, the possessions you got, your fancy sports car, your crypto wallet, you know, your fancy clothes, you know, your restaurants, whatever it is, it's, it's, you might go to a fancy restaurant by yourself or someone that you really don't like, or you might go to the old pizza hut or McDonald's around the corner with your kids and your family, and you might have the time of your life. So it's you people first. Shit? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Just, just, just like, fucking you. <laughs> I, ate hey, I, I totally yesterday, agree with so that. Yeah, a bit of fast food. But yeah, go on. Does that make sense? What no, it makes total sense. I, I, able, I feel yeah. the same way. And that was, that was how my own entrepreneurial journey began was people had to bet, bet on the jockey not the horse. And you realize that at the end of the day, it's the jockey, you know, the horse being, what is the idea? What is the product? What is the business plan? But the rubber meets the road when shit gets hard. And it's a human being that has to make the choice in those dark hours, you know, when they need that five liters of fuel, like you mentioned, to take this thing and keep it alive and breathe abundance into it and success. And, and, and there's so it's such a heavy load for an entrepreneur that it takes a special human being uh, to, to see it through. And that's, and, and that's why, yeah, when I'm looking at a company to invest in, I'm looking at the CEO, but even more than the CEO, I'm looking at who are these people inside this company? Because it's not the CEO that's going to make its success on his or her own. It's going to be the people that have bought into that person's vision. And this is where I'm, how, how familiar are you with DAOs, decentralized organizations, this new Web3, buzzy, um, I, I contract-driven can, thing? I can definitely understand it, but yeah, I've never heard the, never heard the term before. This, this DAO is, is, is there's a reimagining of utilizing smart contracts and uh, uh, you're, 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 you, have, you don't exactly have an avatar, but you have an alias of some kind. And so these organizations are driven by, uh, they're, they're so incredibly democratic in the sense that it's all just a vote for you know, uh, how many tokens you may have or you know, whatever the structure of this DAO is. But the thing that, and the idea is to take out the bureaucracy and the corruption of people in a system, right? It's to say we were washing that away. There's no more, you know, backdoor deals and corrupt CEOs with misaligned agendas. This is at least one of the aspects. But we're gonna we're gonna make this all autonomous and and completely digitally based, uh, voting based. You know, kind of like in Reddit, how the best idea gets voted up. And I just keep coming back to, but I want to know the people in my organization that I'm betting on. And I might get it wrong. I might, the guy or the, the gal who is running this thing might, I might have bet wrong on their character or their ability or, or the idea or the market timing. But to take that factor out to the degree that I'm, you know, these, these things are, are looking to do. I, I, and I, that ultimately I see that it still ends up with the same problems. You still have, you know, someone with the, the, the most amount of shares in that case, coins or tokens in a DAO versus shares in a company, 
still could influence the whole thing. And but now you don't know anybody. Nobody's real. There's no face. That's a sidebar tangent as to how I really feel about that. <laughs> but let's. I want to know. I didn't know you were math. And no, I'm not. I, when I say mathematician, I'm yeah. I'm 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 naturally gifted with with numbers, spreadsheets, data. I've actually got a poster of the Matrix there with the code, with the green code going down. So for me, I can see things at a higher level. But what you were just talking about, like I'd, I'd like to go some, through some of the top books sure. later on. But yeah. one of them is. One of them is called Fake, right, by Robert Kiyosaki. So if people don't know who Robert Kiyosaki is, he's like the anti-rich, rich guy who talks about how fake systems are. But if you read the book Fake, it talks about fake money, fake teachers, fake assets, how guys are making the poorer middle classes poorer, right? All this thing with Web 3.0, and, and I'm glad you said about faceless things. They're all just fake environments. And when I say fake environments, they're games. They're, we we create games, we play games, we create, like everything's a, everything's a game. It's not... It's not real. It might seem real in the, you know, in the 3D, 4D world and, you know, touch, feel, senses, but it's, it's, is it really real? Like turn the power off, you know, have a, have a, have a global event where things crash. You know, no one's going to give a fuck about that. Like, let's say Noah's Ark comes, we have a massive worldwide flood like we did 200 years ago, which we can jump into with the mud floods. But let's say something happens where all technologies crash. What are people going to do? First thing they're going to do is look for who? They're going to look for people. Right? They're going to look at a life raft. How, how can you help me? How can I help you? How can we band together? How can we get through this? All the other stuff is just a game because we're playing the video game every day. We're on the treadmill of life. So people have got to step back, breathe, meditate, take some psychedelics maybe, you know, get into an altered state, realize that the state you're in right now is just a state that has been created and crafted for you as well. So we're walking into this gate of 3.0. What I'd like to see is, you know, the UN, you know, they all come together and talk about how they want to, you know, you owe nothing can be happy, but none of them get up there and say, you know what, I'm actually addicted to power and control. And uh, we want to dissolve this organization because, um, you know, it's a vote of no confidence with the people around the world. Like, if, but they don't do that. We won't see that. So, you know, if you're an, a drug addict, people um, do an intervention. There needs to be an intervention on power and control and how people are trying to control this, even from a, a social and technology point as well. With all these little devices and these traps and these dopamine hits and all this um, stuff that's, you know, corrupting everything. We've got to get back to nature. We've got to get back to farming clean water, grow our food. Like we just got to get back to the basics of what, you know, life is the building blocks. Not this. Is that what Robert's talking about in the book? Or is Oh this- yeah, definitely a lot of it. Yeah. It's, it's a whole construct of just, it's just a rat race. Like it's, it's a whole rat race and people think, oh, this crypto thing, digital currency. And then once everyone gets addicted to the crypto wallet and the government switches on their digital thing, and then all of a sudden you're tracked on everything. And, you know, as what's happening around the world, you can be turned off. Like, you can well, just they be- did that in Canada, man. Yeah, I don't know if you followed that truckers convoy a little uh, bit, but it's again, it's another not a fake environment, but it just goes to show that the people really controlling. If you don't have your if you don't have your house in order, it doesn't matter about anything externally. So, what I'd like to say for people out there listening is get in touch with you first, get in touch with your environment, your house, your local community, but obviously work on this before you work out. On, on anything through there. But yeah, continue with what happened What happened in Canada. Well, it, like this is, this is, I'm starting to think that there's literally two distinctly different ways in which everybody sees the world. And it's almost, it's, it's almost like two realities, right? Because one person in Canada can, can look at what happened at the truckers convoy and say, 
They occupied Ottawa, which are, is, is our nature's capital. They were criminals. They were, they had motivations to overthrow the government and uh, they needed to be removed and God bless our prime minister. And the other side of the group can say that they were an entirely peaceful protest that was, was uh, speaking out about the freedom to, to, to speak and, uh, and what should and shouldn't be mandated at this point during the pandemic. But the net result was our nation enacted the Emergencies Act, which had only been enacted like during the last two world wars and I think one other thing. So a protest resulted in the Emergencies Act, which gave unlimited power to create laws to the government. And this is only to speak to one specific point that, that you brought up. And I think it was enacted on like a Thursday afternoon or a Friday, and it was taken down on a Monday. And in that time, some of the laws that got passed were they did regulate Bitcoin. So they took control over the cryptocurrency in Canada. They took control over crowdsourced financing in Canada. They enacted laws that allow them to essentially freeze your bank account if they think that you're involved in mischief or you know nefarious activities or you know even in, in the lens of protesting and and that's just to your point that ultimately they they used it to to to, to bring in all these laws some people think that was needed and safe and other people think that was a gross uh, overreach on you know big government and freedom but to your point ultimately it was it was more control for this, this machine that's being built and a reminder to at least people that I know very dearly that we have to look inward and we have to look and, and go back to our natural surroundings and say, okay, what if this house of cards falls? Then what? And I loved what you said. We're going to look for people. We're going to look for a community. We're going to look for the natural resources that allow us to feed our bodies and the human connections that feed our soul. And, and I, you know, I'm not a Luddit. I don't, we're podcasting. We're podcasting on Zoom on two opposite sides of the world. We are not against technology, <laughs> right? Yeah. But where do you, I... You know, I want to, there's so much I want to talk to you about, and maybe we can put a pin in this and revisit it later, or we can go and say, you know, where are the books, where are the lessons in your book that really tackle how a, an individual first takes care of this temple, this themselves, their best relation, their, 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 their most important human relationships as a means to thrive in this world versus the reliance on external sources to yeah to, yeah to i understand and, and just to finish off your point with with any sort of government things that so it's an old design so buckminster fuller said you know people don't worry about the trying to fix something that's broken entirely think of something new a new design so that's just a script and a loop that we're going through and these machinations of government and laws and what that it's again it's a fake environment so it might seem real and you know the police might seem real and the government people might be on tv and you know whatever it's just a loop and it's a script and when you escape that loop and that script you can see things clearly for what they are 
They're a script. They're a movie. That's uh, it's literally, you know, people watch TV and they think it's real and they get their brain. There's a, there's a, there's a moment when watching something, either a sporting event or a TV show or a movie and the brain gets so engrossed into the reality of it that when it's over, you know, when you're at the cinemas and you watch a great movie and it's fantastic, get your emotions going, you know, you're really involved, right? You literally lose your mind and you're, you're a part of it. That's what great entertainment's about. So entertainment or a sporting event and you're so engrossed and then it finishes and then you die down, you go home, the emotions go. And it was like, what was that? That was just a, it was just a, a script. It was a loop. It was a, it was an entertainment. And that's the same with life as well. Sometimes we get to fixate it on we think it's solid but it's so fluid and waves and it like it's everything's it's it's i'm i come from a buddhist background all right so i studied buddhism for a long time and you know through meditation and study and spirituality you realize all these things are they're just a fart in the wind and when you realize that the 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 buddha the buddha belly laugh is oh my god it's just a game and when you realize you're in a game it's no longer solid anymore like you can touch that. You can play with form. It's it's a dance. So some of the early books, and I'll, I'll go through some of my mentors. So one of my mentors early on that I got involved with was uh, Eckhart Tolle. So a new mm. earth. So for people that don't know Eckhart Tolle, now for those playing at home, I'm 36 at the moment. But uh, when I was 18, I came across this video called The Flower of Consciousness online. And I used to be a massive documentary nerd. And this was back when torrents were around. So I used to download the internet with torrents and have <laughs> LimeWire running on. And you would download these packs of 10 gig of spirituality or conspiracies or whatever. And you would have a whole bunch of like videos. I was going to say shit, but a whole bunch of shit. And then you had to sift through the shit. And there was this one video where this guy gets on stage and he sits in the chair and he's quiet for about three to four minutes, like a long time. So we just sat there like this and looked around and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Anyway, he starts speaking in soft tone and I turned it off after 10 minutes. I'm like, had enough, couldn't do it. A couple of years later, I found this book at, at an airport. So one of my early jobs uh, when I was young, I was a valet driver for Mercedes-Benz at, uh, at the airport. So what happened was with airports, as you know, I'd pick up customers and I'd, I'd drive them around and uh, I'd wait around at the airport. Well, one thing that we know at the airport, there's a lot of, there's a lot of food places once. So I, I enjoyed sub. I got Subway behind you. I, I ate Subway every single day, but also they've got bookshops. So, <laughs> On my <laughs> racing bib. Yeah, I see. I'm not sure they endorse me, but. Uh... <laughs> no, nah, I used to eat it every day, right? It's still good, right? Um, and had bookshops. So I would spend a lot of time in the bookshops and I would buy books and sit down and read and obviously the airport lounges while waiting for my clients. And I came across this book called uh, A New Earth. And obviously I read it and I was blown away. Or I think the first one was the, sorry, the first one was The Power of, Power now. of now. Yeah. The Power of Now. And that was all about Did you understanding read? that, yeah, we're in a script and we're, sorry, what was that? Which order did you read them in? I read the, the power of now. First. It was read the power, power of now. now so it's the power of now. Yeah. And my my mind blew. Like yeah. it was literally like uh, someone unscrewed the the bottle after shaking the shaking the coke, undid the lid, and it just went pop. And I was like, shit. I was never the same. So well, I researched you, the guy. Were you already on the? This is just in terms of your timeline. So this is early you, stage of had you already is, studied Buddhism at this no, point? No, no, okay. no. So this so is what pre, led like, to this led to everything, right? So this led to everything. everything. Okay, this and is the so beginning. then I yeah, and then I ended up finding that video and I put the author's name together. I was like, oh, that's that card toy. Uh, and then the second time I watched it, I understood exactly what he was talking about, but I wasn't ready. So here's the thing, right? Not everyone's ready 
for information to learn because everyone's got maybe a fixed mindset, but they got their, they got their guards up. They don't want to learn. So it's very hard to crack that. But when you crack that egg or crack the head open and it's open, and then you just like, you come from a growth mindset and you just want to fill that hole with as much as possible. So yeah, people, some of my early influences with Osho, I'm not sure if you know Osho, they did a- I've, I've, a read, pop- a, I've read a lot of- Osho. Yeah. So they did a propaganda documentary on Netflix, which is great. And it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, nothing to do with Osho. The, the war between Osho and the uh, the Portland. Uh... Well, he nearly he nearly overthrew the United States, and this is the thing. So he went in there with his script, not even a script, but that space, and he interrupted the script to the point where they ha- the America had to deploy their assets to break that commune down and kick him out of the country. And then he flew around. He wasn't allowed in other countries because he was interrupting the Matrix. He was a glitch in the Matrix, just like the teachers of the past, whether they be, Is he still you know, alive? Geez. no, he died. No, they poisoned him in 1989 and ended up poisoning him and he died. Like, really? Well, that was the official. Yeah. 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 He died. But no, anyway, no, no, so that, that, that he was poisoned. Well, what people don't know, if they know, watch the documentary, he read a hundred thousand books and he wrote 400 books without writing one book. Every single word was verbatim that was recorded through his right. one hour uh, sessions every morning. And they turned his speeches into books and he was literally speaking poetry. So every word was just, he was, he was just on another vibe anyway. So he's another one that really sort of blew my head off as well. And then yeah, deep diving into Buddhism and, and practicing Buddhism as well. And then well, was, Christianity. Was he officially too. a Buddhist Osho? Who? No, 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 he wasn't. No, he was actually a, a professor of uh, philosophy in India early days. And then he had right. his own, so he, had his own moment. Variation. he had his own right. moment and then yeah, he ended up becoming a um a guru but he, he was still a human he loved rolls royces watches women and um they ended up finding like even a little sex bar and like little hidden stuff in the like you know as a human having everything in power and power corrupts absolutely so he even had his faults but in saying that just take the information as it is um, you know, no one judges the Wachowski sisters or brothers and the transit. No one judges the people who create amazing, you know, documentaries or movies. So it's very interesting to say Malcolm X documentary Mason on Netflix too. He had a run in with uh, Prophet Muhammad, the Elijah Muhammad from the, the Brotherhood. And one of the reasons why he did, he called him out and said, the guy's got seven wives and 14 children. And the inner circle around him, one of the one of the old uh, one of the old guys that they interviewed, who's like ninety, he said one thing, and it, it just stuck with me the whole documentary. He said, "Don't confuse the messenger with the message," meaning take the message. But Malcolm called out the messenger, like I'll call you out, Joel. You're this, you're that, but you, what you've done, your message is totally different from the messenger. So that was the distinction, and I thought because Malcolm was all. Malcolm X was about his words, actions, and deeds had to align truly with who he was and what he did. Not, I'm going to say this and do that. So he called, he he actually just called him out. And that was one of the reasons they yeah. broke up. But that's just a side tangent. And similar that, with that, Osho. Yeah. That, that one is like, like a finger pointing to the moon, the Buddhist. Correct. Um, yeah. <laughs> But that goes with any teacher in teaching, like there's the teacher and there's the teaching and people can either look at the teacher and always judging the teacher by what they do. But a lot of teachers just like, Hey, I know something. I'm going to share something, but don't judge. I'm just, I'm just a vehicle. Like stop looking at the vehicle and start looking what the vehicle does. 
that's yeah, you're, you're tiptoeing into woke territory where you respect nuance. You respect that you can learn something that feels right and maybe perfect to you from an imperfect person, from someone who did not live perfectly, maybe even lived badly, but still in their in the holistic you know aspect of their of who they were as a human, they did give advice and you can take that and you can say, well, that helps me. That's my five liters of the next five liters of gas. And I'm not going to condemn him or her because of all these other things. I'm going to take this piece and, and, and say that this, this helped me. Whereas today it's, you know, even when Facebook does these things where they, they buy technology to, to, um, to say that we're going to stop lying. There will be no more lying in the world today or sorry, in the future, because these apps will be able to, you know, to essentially call anybody out on that. Whereas like, and we are, we're, we're, we're moving to this. We have this, this ultra progressive view that we have to be perfect human beings. And we're, we're not, we shouldn't be listened to if we're not perfect. And that, you know, that terrifies me because I, I look and I say, yeah, like you were quick to call out a lot of what people condemn in Osho, but Osho's got some really great stuff in his books. It has been like, I should have known he was dead. I, it's been like 10 years, 15 years since I read one of them, but he's a great, he's a great entry point. He's so, he, he explains things in a way that helps someone who's interested in dipping their toe into the spirituality waters can. So keep going. New books. Yeah. So an- another analogy, right? So a lot of people judge the house and they won't look at external things and look at someone's house and it's a beautiful house, but they don't judge the home. They don't know what the home is. They don't like, it's the peace inside the home. It's not, you could have the biggest house and it'd be empty and you could have a, you know, a crap family, but people, people, this is the nuance of people are looking exterior that, that lady or girl might look hot. She might look great. Wow. She's sexy. She might be a terrible person. And in terms of terrible person, I mean, she just might be ugly, ugly inside. Or someone might be unattractive, ugly. You don't even look at them in that way, but they're the most beautiful spiritual being person. So this is the whole thing of which eye you're looking at. Are you looking from the eye of ex- external or are you actually looking from a soul level where we're all the same and we're looking at the exterior machination. So this is the interesting thing about what I call the script. And the script is, once you were like getting back to the conspiracy, so I used to be a massive conspiracy and I'm still, I, I'm, I'm a closet conspiracy theorist, but I don't call it conspiracy because that word was created by the COA to actually, you know, take away, hey, look over here, it's just a conspiracy and like labels. So drop the labels and drop looking at the box and you see what's inside the box. Okay. Like what's inside the container. I, I so, hate that fucking word too. And what's that? Conspiracy theorists. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, but and and pe- pe- your point, that is a fact. Just Correct. like just like the media has created words like, well, for instance, in Canada, you know, anyone who was not in favor of the vaccine was a racist misogynist. And these the bit different because that's one is a very deliberate label, but the 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 buzzy labels that make headlines that stick, you know, that was thought that was written down and then put out via the news and essentially all a conspiracy theorist, the words are someone who asks questions and wants to dive deeper on a subject and and has doubts. And we've put this like 
this terrible label on them, like somehow they're sub, they're, they're not interested in our in our human society and culture. I digress back to you. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, no, no stress. I, well, what, what, what happens is people don't see things with real eyes. So they see things like projections mentally, subconsciously, and they're being programmed. So when you realize they're being programmed and you stop seeing real eyes, like if you go outside and look at the sun, all right? And I ask this question, right, to people, and it's very interesting, right? You say, Next time you're with someone outside in the sun, they say, hey, quick question. Using your eyes, how far is the sun away? Like, how? what's the distance, you think? And then you'll get these, like, what do you mean? Just just look at it. Is it how far, like, in terms of a, is it, do you know? And they're like, let me get my, don't, don't, don't get your phone. Just just use your eyes. How far? Oh, can you see the moon as well? How far is the moon? And you'll get all these different answers and things like that. And then you go online and you research how far is the sun away and you'll get an answer like 155 million kilometers away that's interesting but did you know that the calculate like are you aware are you aware that the sun is actually and this is what people are like oh you're you're crazy is actually closer than you think or you've been told and this is the thing about programs so we've been programmed since birth and been programmed since early age about certain things that ain't true but we haven't questioned them. So when we look at things, we don't really, really look at things. We've already labeled that thing. That's already got a barcode on it. So labeled, move on. And we've labeled everything. But what we haven't really labeled is the real thing. So all these labels are now peeling. They're coming off. People are seeing the label for what it is and looking beyond the label. So this is about realizing that realize, see, realize, and two packs of that. But anyway, People have got to start looking through things instead of looking at things. And when you start looking through things, you realize that maybe it's all, maybe I'm wrong. And this is the idea that you are a container. You're a vessel yourself as a body. You're also a, a container. Anymore. You need to open yourself up to the possibility that you don't know anything. You were wrong. Have the, you just need to have that mindset of, hang on a sec, everything is fluid and we are moving to different ages and eons and you could just go on Instagram and type certain hash word, hashtags in and then you're off on down a rabbit hole. So we have all these, we call them rabbit holes because they're hidden. It's not above ground. And we have so many people going around with closed eyes, sunglasses on, don't want to see or hear the truth. Earmuffs, sunglasses, blindfolds, nappy faces, whatever you want to call it. We need to realize that Hang on a second. I've been lied to. There is deceit. And when you understand that, you know, the devil or the, the dark energies or the controllers or whatever it is, and even <laughs> go down a rabbit hole, but have you heard of um, Tartaria before? Have you heard of that that term before, Joel? Yeah, I've heard it before, Tartaria. My, uh, my brother has uh, speaks about it. Does he? Like the mud flood and, and things like that? <sighs> well, actually, my, my dad does too, probably. Um, does he really? Oh, yeah. So anyway, I'll tell you a little story. So it's about six, 12 months ago, I was with a mate and he said, oh, you, you know, you've read a lot of books and you're into conspiracies and all the other stuff too. He said, you've heard about uh, his story and Grand Tartary and the mud flood. And I just gave him one of those, those looks of what the, what the fuck are you talking about? And then he's like, let me, let me, let me give you a book. So he gave me a book and um, he shouldn't have gave me a book because what I do, I, I, dev- I eat books. I devour them through summaries on them. So I read this book and again, it was one of those books that blew my top off as well. And I was like, I never, I never seen that before. So he was showing buildings, how they've, 
you know, there was a mud fight or whatever and the buildings are all underground. And I was like, no, it can't be. So I did some research and I went down a rabbit hole and it turns out that rabbit hole was deeper than I thought and bigger. And then all of a sudden I'm, I'm now, I'm, I'm in the hole, right? So I'm doing a documentary, a movie about it and I'm researching a lot of books and it's taken me down so many different segues, but it's answered so many things of which we knew, but we're just in this, like if anyone's seen the Matrix 4 movies, it's a good segue. Bit of a spoiler word if you're a Matrix fan, but Neo and Trinity go back into the Matrix and they don't know they're in the Matrix and they're playing these roles. And again, it's about we fall into these loops. And when you realize, I literally just had a career change yesterday. I just jumped into a, another another career, right? Just I had a fuck this event. I was like, no, nah, fuck this. And then I changed. And we have these things with loops as well, where a loop is broken, what we thought was true, and then we realize something might not be true. We're in that stage again of, okay, how do we pause, stop, breathe, center, come to realize that we've been lied to, there's deceit, but what do we do now? Like, and this gets back to, and I'll go into my book soon about understanding your state first and what your actions are and your thoughts are. Yes, you can be negative, but you can have positive actions as well. So there's a bit of a dichotomy there too. And a lot of people like to be put in these boxes and containers and people put labels on you as well, but just be very, very oiled up. So don't let any labels stick because we're, we're infinite. We're a spirit. We're not even human. Like we're literally, we had powers beyond, beyond measure. So it's, um, just a bit of a, a no, segue right through that. Don't it's become so- stagnant. You know, it's, it's a river. Life is a river. You're going to learn new things and you're going to drop old things as well. Just, yeah. Yeah, no, mate, if I may, if I may jump in, uh, I, we're, we're going to, we, we have a timestamp and, and uh, this is, this is a, this is a, let's get the whiskey out and, and go for hours and hours. But I, I, I stopped, think- I stopped drinking three months ago. <laughs> oh, you, you too. <laughs> yeah, I, just for a break, just for a break, because I'm going to buy a winery uh, in the future. And I know I'm going to drink a lot of wine, so I'm just giving my body a break. I drank for 22 years, not not every day, but you know, it's yeah. a, a pretty solid effort. I need to have a break, so I've decided. We'll talk, we'll to, talk a little bit about that, but I want to just go back to the lie thing because the biggest lie that we're told first and foremost is that is the lie that we are not worthy, we're not enough, and this is where the labels fall out of, right? So yes. A, new, a newborn infant is enough. That baby comes, come, comes out screaming and shitting and, and crying and not sleeping, and we love it unconditionally. But very quickly, we start to put this baby into boxes. That The first box is good or bad. This baby is good because this baby doesn't cry as much as other babies. This baby's chill. This baby smiles. All of a sudden, this baby talks before another baby. Good versus bad. This baby hasn't talked for 18 months. This baby walks sooner. This All of a sudden, this baby you know, does all these things and these, we start putting these labels and we start putting this baby down this, this track. And once that baby becomes a, a toddler, becomes a child, and they, and, and they develop a sense of self-consciousness, consciousness where they identify with the things that you're telling them, I am good because I did X, Y, Z. Eventually that becomes, I won the math scholarship. I won the, the piano recital competition. I got, uh, I got A's in school. I'm a good athlete. And we attach our goodness to all these labels when, and society then lifts anything and every, anyone who has achieved something as better than the status quo, if you will, like our natural being 
of, of who we are. And then some shit happens. So in my case, I'm, you know, I was a long distance runner and I, ident- I self-identified as, as a, a, an athlete who accomplished things. And then I blew up my Achilles and I no longer had that. And all of a sudden, what made me feel like I was good enough was gone. And I had to redefine what that was for me. Well, who am I? And what is my worthiness if I don't have this thing, this feedback loop of success here? We think about it with divorce. I'm, you know, it's all good. It's all good. He has a happy marriage. He has a happy marriage and then divorced. I'm not saying divorce is good or bad, but it doesn't define you as a human being. We put somebody in, in, in a bucket based on what happens. And these shattering events are the events to what you're talking about, where we can all of a sudden say, well, what I believe to be true, the labels that I held onto is true. Well, obviously they're not real because now that that label's gone, I'm still full and whole, if I was assuming I can see myself that way. And there's a lot of good books. Have you read Awareness, Anthony DeMello? I haven't. No. A New Earth talks about this, right? Yep. This this idea. Power of now, probably a little bit. Uh, yeah, but this this is where, yeah, if you can afford a coach, if you can afford a counselor, they're going to shed light on these things. But in your case, your one of your mediums, you are a coach. Is this is this what the archery method? That your method, your coaching. Yeah. So, yeah, the archery method. So, yeah, to to sort of segue and touch and book, but to to say what you're saying is basically the biggest breakdowns that we have in our personal life is the biggest breakthroughs Mm -hmm. because it invites in space and it and it drops ego as well. So, you need to drop your ego, and when I say ego, it's a loop. You need to drop your scripts and say, you know what, I don't know everything. I do hurt. I do cry, you know, I, we experience pain, we experience loss, we experience grief, we experience failure, despair, all these, all these labels of things that shouldn't have been. And it all comes down to expectations. So we expect things at certain times and we expect our parents to live long, our kids to be healthy, wise. We expect our loved ones to have X, Y, and Z, do certain things, act in a certain way, say certain things. We we have these internal scripts that we like to play out. Every day is going to be the same or Sunday we do that. And then someone interrupts that expectation or some life event happens. You know, bad things happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. And we need to realize that sometimes things are inverted. And just cutting back to center, and I think the, the what I'm realizing now in my short journey on this realm is you literally got to get quiet enough so you can actually disappear. You, you need to go missing yourself, go for a walk, go to another room, get quiet, spend some time with yourself down. One of my power superpowers is I've been journaling for 13 years. I've got, I do two pages a day. And what that does is I've been journaling for so long. I just empty the cache clean the clean the dishes so to speak get everything out of here onto paper a lot of people don't spend the time on actually cleaning their house their interior house first on dump your thoughts dump your ideas your goals your plans your visions all that on paper and then you can analyze that paper as well and you can read a journal from a couple of years ago and realize that some of the hardest days now is like fiction 
reading fiction. Wow, that really happened. Jesus Christ, I got through that. So do you have just do you have questions that you ask yourself to prompt? No, no, definitely entries? not. I'm I'm more like the Chinese chronicles. I just write the chronicles of what happened. Yeah. I woke up at four ten, had a coffee, jumped in the studio, did a podcast with Joel, did X, Y, and Z. I'm going to Monster Trucks tonight with my mate, um, and his son and my son as well. So you know, ate this, did that got home there you spent some time spoke to that person they did that oh i had this idea I had yesterday an idea for a book it's on the it's on the whiteboard through here so i'm um, the book title is called 500 lessons from authors and i'm obviously podcasting with probably 150 to 200 authors this year and then i'm going to ask the authors like yourself hey could you give me here's the transcript of the podcast or here's the topics we spoke about can you put that into one or two pages of your own words on the wisdom that that you think, and then I'm going to have you, Joel, chapter 37. You know, tell like your nuggets of wisdom, and yeah. that's going to be the, that's going to be my next that's book. Great idea. So I wrote that. So in that journal, I wrote down that, and then what happened was, so just to go back into, you've got to have some sort of process where you can actually mentally go to the toilet and actually sweat it out, get it out. Once you become center. Do you know that things are going to happen? You're in a game. You are the chess. You're a chess piece in your own game. Move yourself. You know, sometimes we're in the same spot. You can move. It's a game. Play the game. People playing the game. You know, either financially, this relationship, just you are a character in a game. Play that character. You know, be you. Find out what's your what's your highest value. You know, what do you spend the most time on? I interviewed. So this is a great just a segue into some of the books before I get into mine. I recently had a, one of those full circle events, right? So I read this book called The Riches Within by a guy named Dr. John D. Martini. Now, he's only read 30,000 books and written 40 books, and he travels the world ship teaching and uh, researching, and he's nearly, I think, 70. So 40 years or 50 years of, um, of research. So someone to actually listen to. And he talks about the value hierarchy, like your top 10 values, Joel, and your priority are totally different than anyone else's on the planet, just like DNA. But what people need to realize, find out what their actual top values are. Mine is people, research, teaching, and they're the top three. That's what I, they're the most organized values. That's what I spend the most time on. That's what I think about the most. That's what I love to do. So and when you realize- change, right? They can change. Sorry? No, they can change throughout your No, mind. they can't. No, no, no. These are things that are like you, you, you naturally- can't change, You can't change a value? You no, can't. no, no. It's discovering your values, not changing your values. So if I say, oh, my money is my number one value, but if it's something that's the most disorganized, it's something that I, I lack in you know, getting it, keeping it, all that, you might want that to be a high value, but your actions show that it's not. Where your action might be- if you love video games, right? So you might say, how can I make a, not just a career out of this, but understand where, where you derive, what your values are. And once you know that, then you can play the game on those particular values. Don't try to change them. Try to embrace them. It's improve on your strengths. And there's no, don't spend a lot of time on your weaknesses. But when you understand who you are, the fundamental level on your mission, on why you're here and how can you serve, how can you add value, then do that. So anyway, what, what I'm saying, 12 years ago, I read this book and then I interviewed him the other day and that was full circle about if you just stay on your line and you, you, know, you raise, your, raise your line of sight up and you can look further and have a longer distance sort of vision, things and people will come to you as well if you're on the right path too. So there's no such thing as sort of success. It's a process. There's not an event like exercise is not an event. Like going back to your marathon thing, you did your Achilles. Sure. 
it's over. But does that mean, like I've seen you train on Instagram and stuff, does that mean your exercise is finished? No. So it's a process, not an event. And when you realize that life is a journey, not a sort of milestone, you can actually enjoy the walk instead of thinking about the walls that are in front of you. They're obstacles. We've got to, we've got to climb them. Anyway, I've just rambled on, but this is the this is the ramble sort That's of. That's the podcast, show, baby. So. You go. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything you want to add on that, or anything we can segue back? But does that make sense? What I just said. Yeah, I think that the thing that I was curious about, uh, I was getting some Guy Hendricks zone, uh, the big leap, where he talks about the zone of zone of genius, uh, with what you were saying, where once you get into this zone, that is your the place that you are going to perform at your best. You're leaving behind all the, I should do this. You're leaving behind, well, this is, this is more logical. And you're, you're, you're landing on a place that's aligned with who you are and what you're best at. And you're going, it's like you said, and you're just working that line and you did all the rest of the stuff is just a distraction. It's just, it's just lower level behavior or action for you. Right. And that, that's, that's what I was, that was what I was vibing on, but what I was what I was trying to also understand was these values that you're talking about. Are they almost like your emotional source code or some kind of personality makeup that, that never can change in your life? Or like the labels and the characters that you're playing can change as life goes on? Yeah. So a, a good way to break that down. I don't believe you can change it. You can definitely improve on certain values, but they, these are things that are, are literally innate. In They're us. innate. Okay. Like these are things that you automatically would, when you wake up, let's say you got a free day, right? You've woken up, you've had your coffee, you've had your shower. Everyone's left the house. You're free. What do you do? Like, what, what do you do? What do you naturally go back to? Like, what, what do you do? What do you do for fun? Like, these are just little things. Anyway, I'll jump into my book, which is Success in 50 Steps. And the reason I'll jump into it is because after going back to 2007, where I started to research sort of Eckhart Tolle, Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, all the greats behind me. And I was massive into, um, as I said, Torrance back in the day. And you'd download the Jim Rohn pack and you'd get all the free books and courses and audio stuff. And I just literally was plugged in like the matrix for, for years on just his personal development. And I, you know, I had some rough, you know, rough times and not rough times, but it's a very transitioning period from 18 to 21, 22, because you get into a lot of mischief and uh, you have a lot of fun. Uh, as you know, like as you don't need a lot of sleep and you can sort of go 24 seven and have a lot of fun anyway. So I downloaded all this stuff and I had all this information. I was like, you know what? 2010, I wrote a, I had pages and pages, like nearly thousand pages of, of quotes. So I put together a quote book and I realized, you know, no one's going to buy a quote book. So I've got to rewrite it in my own words. So I, I wrote this book in, in 2010. Now I wasn't ready at the time personally to publish it because I didn't think it was solid. So I spent the next 10 years researching another 500 books and putting the principles into practice, I rewrote it six times to make sure it's a formula. So the formula is, and, and I'll go through it, there's 50 steps. And people say, there's not, why is there 50 steps to success? I should have changed the title, and I didn't know that now, but I'm, that'll be my third book. It'll be called Success in 50 Years. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a walk, it's a journey, it's not an event. So you might reach a goal, like I wanted to be an author, and I always love authors and I love books. So one of my early goals was, I want to be a published author. And then when you hit the goal, you, you realize that it's great for seven seconds when you get all the books arrived and you're on Amazon and my book's 60 bucks now because it's gone through the roof and there's, yeah, that's funny. Um, you realize that that's just an event, not, not it's, it's a successful event. 
like when you're on the, you know, your company, the NASDAQ, you saw, we've had that conversation before, but it's a lovely event, but it's not a life-changing event where your life stops, your life continues. But moving on, what I did, I wanted to understand. Yeah, another lie, they tell you, right? Another lie, yeah. <laughs> so what I wanted to do, I, I wrote this book for people out there who were sort of 15 to 25 that didn't have to spend 10 years, 13 years, researching 500 books to understand what is the formula for success and personal development and what are all these people talking about? So I went back to, you know, Napoleon Hill, Jim, uh, Jim Rohn's mentor, which is Tony Robbins mentor, which is uh, Earl Schof and going through the original Earl, Earl Nightingale and going back to the history of personal development and understanding what, what were they talking about? Because coming from a math and data and matrix and looking at numbers and spreadsheets, I wanted to understand the formula. Now, the formula is here, so I'll go through it, right? And I'll just run through a couple of chapters. The first 22 steps is all internal. So they start from this. So first, and this gets back to the, the question of answering, what are your values? So what are your dreams? So number one, we talk about dreams, passion, desire, purpose, and goals. So first off, it's actually stop put the car into reverse, get quiet, find out what, what do you dream of? Where are you now in your life? Like, what do you actually want in, in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 goals? What, is, what are your dreams? So basically the book breaks it down and the book you can actually write in it too. So the beautiful thing about that is then you actually expand your time frame. A lot of people have short time frames. Like, did you know 80% of your goals are things that you could buy or, get, or buy other people to complete? So if people made a list of 100 goals, 80% of those goals are things that you could buy. Like these are events like I can purchase or I can actually get enough money to pay someone else to do that. And there's only probably 20% there that you have to do with your time, action, energy, emotions. So they're the ones you should focus on. So it's the 80-20 rule through there. So it's getting clear about, hang on a sec, if I worked... 80% 80% of the time on 20% of the goals that is going to get me the money to pay to buy the other goals and the lifestyle goals or the people who are going to complete their goals. So that's getting clear about your what your values. Like what can you do with your time, energy, emotions, and, and money as well. Okay. Then it goes through knowledge. Hang on a sec. We lack certain knowledge in a certain area. So if you want to learn digital marketing, look at Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson, all the greats, you know, once you get clear on what it is that you can do or what you want. This is where you've got to start getting knowledge. You've got to get creative, come up with ideas, use your mind. And then it goes into the things like, hang on a second, your biggest enemy right now is the person looking in the mirror, which is you. You're your roadblock. No one's stopping you. It's, it's you. So this is going to work on your mind, thoughts, faith, belief, attitude, having gratitude, giving before getting, which is huge, which opens the door to abundance. And then that attracts making decisions, then becoming focused. So that's 22 chapters there, okay? That deals with just the internal. We even haven't started to take action yet. Then it goes into action and work and we can touch on that. But is there anything you want to expand on and on touch on? Does that sort of make sense, what I've just said? It makes complete sense. I always tell my clients that I, that I coach, we have to go back before we can go forward. We have to go in before we can push out. Like they, and they don't want to hear that, right? That's... They want, well, I want to start and side hustle. It's like, well, why haven't you? Well, this and that. Well, we need to figure out why this and that is here. And then we can rock and roll because otherwise you're going to go down this role and you're going to fall into the same trap. So I, I'm with you. Is there a book um, or a few books? Is it kind of like a, ch- a chapter relates to a specific book that you're referencing that kind of 
no, 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 no. Okay. no. This is just this is just my own, it's your own. Okay. formula. This is the correct formula for you to follow and use as your personal playbook. You can literally just okay. These are the steps. Follow the steps. So we've worked internal. We've understand you know you know all this stuff. We've got everything written down. So this is internal. Then what happens is you start to take action. All right. And then as you know, you can take, you know, you can take shit action, quality action. You just got to, you got to start somewhere, right? And then what happens is you work on your goals. So you just got to keep, people don't realize that, you know, your one-year goal might take 10 years. And that, and that's a fact. Expand your time frame. Like Tony Robbins says, people underestimate what, people overestimate what they can do in uh, one year, but they underestimate what they can do with 10 years. So if you stretch your goals out, hey, you got a one-year goal, maybe stretch it out to three years or five years. Take do a load you- off. Like what's 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 the rush? People people rush to get things realizing they think that the, the happiness is in a pot over the rainbow. And then they get mm-hmm. to that pot and they realize it's empty. And they realize that the happiness was the journey, not the destination. Your goals is someone else's lifestyle. So if your goal is to have $10 million a mansion, a farm, a winery, Porsche, sports car, all this stuff, right? And you meet that person who's got that and you're actually happier than them. You go, hang on a second. You might be putting your happiness in a, in a loop or a script in the future. Understand that those things aren't going to make you happy. Yes, it's, it's great to achieve those and do those things, but don't delay happiness, if that makes sense. Can I ask you a question in there? Please, yeah, please. You talk about time. Yeah. Are you... Do you shift your perspective in, or have you shifted your perspective entirely where, you know, to Tony Robbins point, you know, we underestimate what we can do in 10 years, but overestimate what we can do in a year. What if you just got rid of the concept entirely? I know i got a lot of friends who are really focused on not looking at time at all. Like it's not even, that's not a factor to them. There's a great book I'm going to grab from the bookshelf. It is called... Another one of my favorite authors called Tom Butler Bowden. So I read his book, Success uh, 50 Classics. He's a researcher uh, in England. I interviewed him last year as well, but he wrote a recent book called It's Never Too Late to Be Great. And he talks about successful people like Henry Ford and a whole list of others. And great, it's a great summary. You can see most of these people started their their journey of success or didn't have success until their 40s, 50s, and even 60s. So he talks about, but those years in your 20s and 30s and those failures led up to the success. I'm 36, and one of my goals is to start working on life at 40. Meaning when I'm 40, I'll start getting serious. I'm sort of like a, a boy child, understanding that things are going to take time. But I'm like an extreme long, long-term long vision. No one knew Warren Buffett's name until he was 80 years old. And the reason they knew his name, because he started investing at the age of 20 and compound interest over 60 years made him rich enough when he was 80 to start getting successful. And now he's in his 90s. So no one knew his name when he was in his 60s, 70s. He was just this obscure you know, investor. So going back to that, people don't realize that things take a long time. And if you know your values and you know what gives you, if you know what gives you juice and fills your cup, if I died today, I wouldn't be happy, but I wouldn't be sad because you know why? Because I lived my life on my terms. Elvis said the song before he died, one of my favorite songs, you know, my way. He did it my way and he, you know, he has no regrets because he lived his life their way. But people that have regrets, and then there's great book, another segue. So one of the other great books, I've got so many great books and I'd love to just have another podcast about books is this guy that wrote a book called Happiness is a Choice You Make and Lessons from 
a year among the oldest old. And this guy, John Leland, went to nursing homes and interviewed all these, um, oh, they're probably dead now. And basically lessons about happiness is a choice you make. And it's so interesting that if you spent some time in a nursing home and interviewed the older people at the end of their life and ask them, you know, what is happiness and what is regrets and what do you know? Just like I said earlier in the podcast, interview a homeless person. Next time you see a homeless person, give him, give him 50 bucks, 20 bucks, take him to get a meal and say, hey, can I ask you a couple of questions? What happened? When did you run out of five liters of fuel? And then what do you need to get you to that next stage? Do you need, you know, what is it? Like, can we connect you with, you know, friends, family? Like we can go into that. But my, my point is your understanding of life, you've got to get out of your own way. And when you get out of your own way, open yourself up to other people, start a podcast, invite your friends on and ask them questions and press record, you know, and just share it among your friends. Anyone can do it. A microphone, the internet, Zoom, it's free. Like it's, it's pretty much free. Like ask someone a question, shut your mouth, open your ears and, 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 and learn and listen. Preach, brother. Thanks, yeah, I like Let's to preach. Go. That's 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 why I started my podcast show as well. So I listen and learn. But you don't I, need I, I, guests, I, man. You got <laughs> you do it. Go. Well, it's the twenty first century of of preaching, which is everyone's now got the the megaphone, which is the the phone. Go live like it's crazy. Like we all have a message. Share your message. Get true. Understand. But getting back to the book, I'll just finish off right. So some of the chapters, so people can understand. So you spend so much time on internally but when you get out in the real world and put the gloves on and start swinging you know you're gonna have to develop habits and and good habits so you know when you build habits your habits will then build your life so if you spend the early years in your 20s or 30s as well building those habits you don't have to work anymore because the habits take their you're in cruise control if you've got good habits but if you're in bad habits again that's cruise control downhill into destruction as well so you can learn from those two change your circle you know this, this is huge. This is about dropping a loser friend every year and, and picking up a winning friend. And it might sound harsh, but it's you, you've, you've got to actually surround yourself with, with if, you, if you shine too bright, you need to tell people to wear sunglasses. And that's one of my favorite authors, Michael Francis, who wrote the book 59 Prime. And I'll just give a quick little shout out. He's an American guy. He had you know, a lot of trials and tribulations, but don't, don't dim your light tell people that, hey, this, this is what I do. This is who I am. And if you don't like it, put some sunglasses on or, or move out the way because I'm not dimming my light, which is life, to, to fit in your container or your label of who I need to be. And that's with friends and family as well. So don't ever disc- – I did it for years. Like I wouldn't say tell people what I was doing or what I was working on or how much I had. And, you know, I was traveling around the world at one stage, not working, and people like, you know, what, what happened? What are you doing? Don't dim your light. Keep shining your light because the people who love you the most will always be there. And the people, the fake friends, um, well, there, they'll just be exposed. So don't ever dim your light. That's one little tip that I, I got recently from a guy. Yeah, understand your emotions and use your emotions as fuel. We're all gonna we're emotional beings, but yeah, use your emotions as fuel. Become energized, understand that, you know, make health is wealth. So, you know, you might have everything in the world and you know, you might not have your health or you might die early on your way to your happiness pot was it all worth it so just little steps through there and well i can go through there I'll, I'll leave out the rest for your audience to check out but yeah success is literally the last step it, it's the last step and you know the the step before that is money so a lot of people put in off oh, to get successful you have to be money no 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 you you probably have to clock money just before success or to be labeled success by another person like you're not really successful unless someone behind your back calls oh he's 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 successful or you're not really rich 
until someone calls you rich behind your back. And you're not a, you can call yourself an entrepreneur. You're not an entrepreneur until someone behind your back calls you an entrepreneur. So don't label yourself. Let other people label you, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but don't buy into it as well because, you know, we're, we're just a- And then you trap yourself. Then you and, trap yourself. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Like people don't realize I'm going to go off into another field of expertise soon and then use my platform, which I created for myself, not for other people. Like it's my hard drive. It's my business best book bits. I'm going to be incorporating new knowledge and, and new fields. And a lot of people are going to leave because they're not going to like it because I'm going to be start talking about certain truths that uh, they don't want to hear because, yeah, but- I got, and that's I, my long-term game. So I'm, I'm think about know, IG, Facebook, they kick you off. Well, that's all. <laughs> no one realized Facebook buys 30 companies a month. So they they constantly buy all these companies. And the reason they buy all these companies is because they're buying intellectual property and they're buying data. So they're buying their competition. So if you're a small app there and you're, you've got something great or new, they'll just buy you off straight early, really, really early on. So people don't realize that these big companies just like governments, they're not letting other governments come into another country and control their governments. This is a, this is just an old world. This is just an old machination that we've got these. And then we have these bullshit, bullshit. Uh, well, there's antitrust hearings going on right now. Like we're going to deal with this. It's like, yeah, you're going to break Facebook into three billion, multi-billion dollar companies that are all going to become trillion dollar companies anyway. It's like, it's all it's 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 all a game anyway and all systems all systems collapse on themselves anyway because that's what a system does just like the macroness of the i'm not going to call the universal planets exploding and whatnot but everything collapses like humans we we die to be a new speed it's 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 okay like it's fine anyway that's that's getting a bit beyond the point but yeah so that that led me to obviously putting everything together with success and 50 steps and you know in saving your time or people's time out there for you don't need to read another personal development book because remember breaking down the etymology of personal development it's personal and you develop and it's 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 meaning person is person development is time it's you so this is a very personal book uh, that I wrote for myself that I wish someone wrote when I was 18 so I could save 10 years of my time and all the thousands of dollars uh, with books as well. So hopefully that makes a little bit of sense. No, it totally does. I love I love what you're talking. Have you read much of Cal Newport? Yeah, I have. Yeah, excellent yeah. guy. Great guy. Excellent thinker. His, his newest book coming out is about long productivity. And he uses the example uh, where he talks about if you look at the great technologists of, you know, inventions of the light bulb and, and these different, we, in the Insta world, we expect success now, but the biggest, most cherished successes in history that w- where we would look back on somebody's career and say they were productive. They had years of no obvious output that all of a sudden leads into fantastic invention that accelerates, uh, you know, different aspects of human life forward. And I think everybody should take that long productivity look to their goals and say that I don't need to accomplish this because if I do it in, in a year, it might not be as good or as big or as powerful, or I can't learn as much as if I did it in three. I know I don't have you for very long, mate. Um, That's fine. No, I've got time. I've got 20 minutes now. Yeah. Ah, okay, good. Yep. I was going to ask a little bit of a tip as to how you read 700, maybe, well, that's just, the, that's just the reviews you have. So you've probably read more than that. Do you have a way in which you read and digest information that allows you to take out the best of it 
apply it like you know you're actually yeah yeah testing it yeah yeah really simple so uh basically uh a pen so you're gonna need a, a pen right they they're pretty much sold all around the world you could probably borrow one from someone as well um <laughs> so yeah pen is huge now you can't borrow books from libraries because you can't write on them for one but i i nearly bought a um a used bookshop it's a great little story for um a, a guy was retiring he actually had an illness and he had a used bookshop i used to go to and he had you know hundreds and thousands of books in there and i, I could have bought it for like 50 cents a book or bought all the books and i was at that stage of making a decision anyway i said to the guy I don't know there's much value in used books, but I know that uh, in my family, we collect books, uh, like really old books and, you know, the Folio Society and buy, you know, three, $500 books that, you know, can be around for eating. Anyway, long story short, my library is very small to compare to someone else in the family who's got a library. But so I was like, hang on a second. What is uh, some of you, can this guy did stamps, coins, collect, like he had old books as well. I said, give me some books. I said, let me take some books. I'll sell them online. Because my idea was to turn this used bookshop, which no computer, no tech, the guy used like, pen and paper, how do I put all these online? And I could obviously sell them online. So I got 25 of his books and I sold them, I sold them for you know $25 a book. So I made all this money for him. Went back to give him the book. The place was empty. The 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 guy, obviously, whatever happened to him, but his kids emptied out the store. There was a four-lease sign. I had to give the money to the neighboring business to pass it on because the guy knew his address. So I missed the opportunity of buying a used bookshop. And that's one of my regrets. Anyway, long story short, to answer your question, yeah, you need a pen. You need a book. You need you need focus. You need to know what books that you're. I literally just read a book with a pen. And then one of my secrets. So I'll give you the secrets. So people are like, what is the secret? I take a photo of the notes and I send it to my typist, and she types the notes. And then I get a microphone and I read the notes into a microphone with Goldwave, record the audio use PowerPoint to make shitty PowerPoint videos and put it on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts and the website. That's that's how I started. But I was on a mission to save other people time and knowledge by, you know, just condensing these books. No one's got time. Like if I said to you, hey, can you give me 36 hours of your time? People are going to go fuck off. Yeah, And the reason is to say, because A, it's not a priority. But if I said, hey, I've got this platform that you might just, you know, listen to 15 minutes a day of book summaries. You might get a book in a day. How powerful is that? And I'm sort of an anarchist. And when I say an anarchist, I know that if you change someone, if you got someone to change what's in here, they're going to change what's out there. So it all starts, it all starts uh, internally. So are that's, you, that's, are you reading the full book though? Or are you? Yeah, are no, you I'm reading, I'm reading the full book. I'm reading the full book. And right. then obviously I speed up time as well. I've got people reading books uh, for me. Obviously, right. doing podcast interviews now, I'm reading people's books and, you know, some not summarizing them for the website, but I'm summarizing them for the questions I'm going to ask them. Right. So that's the that's the next step through that as well. But yeah, I'm nearly on a way to a thousand book summaries. I nearly done in video, written and audio format. My goal is to have about 10,000 um, in the next couple of years. And how I'm doing that is, obviously, I've got other businesses that will fund this. So this is a free platform. I don't make money from it. It's actually just a lifestyle just a, it's just a hobby. So it's not even a business. If you've got ways you can turn it into a business, that would be great. Uh, but it is free. I, I don't want to, you know, do a membership site and charge people because YouTube's free, you know, podcasting's free, you know, blogs are free. Like what am I going to charge? And it's not my, it's not my body of work. It's, it's author's work. So yeah, I'm going to get a team of people to, to read the summaries, read the books, write the summaries, and I'm going to condense all that uh, online as well. So I want to have a massive library where no one's got, I want to take away your bullshit excuses. So 
people ask me what's what's your number one favorite book apart from my own because it's not and i'll show you know this guy but it's david goggins can't yeah. shoot me. just have to say it i just have to say it so are you a fitness nut are you do you dig nah, his well, stuff too i, I love no? I, I love the gym i do love the gym uh but i love eating uh food as well so it doesn't go hand in hand but if anyone's after a book there's that one book it's david goggins or one person to follow just follow David Goggins and it would change your life. It's, it's, I can literally drop the microphone and, and say, thank you much for your time. Cause that would be the biggest golden nugget ever is just this person. Oh, he's it. such a, he's such a no bullshit power. He's literally like gym, people don't like- realize there's thousands of one thousands of Buddhas, Jesus, Osho's, you know, teachers around the world right now, like yourself, right? There's so many people out there doing great things. And then there's people that just take it to the next level. And like this guy here, just, I read that book three times. And I remember when I finished reading this one, 2018, I just wrote fucking beast. It was literally Christmas time, 2018. And yeah, he just took, I just wanted to go running. I just wanted to go running after That's that. what I mean. Is he, does he dig into that? Or is that just like, cause obviously his YouTube and, and IG is a lot of fitness. Is the book touch on that too? I haven't read it yet. Yeah, but it's the mental. So he broke the through mental. the barrier. He broke through the matrix. So he went to the other side. He went, you know, Kansas, the Wizard of Oz. He went to the Emerald Green City. He he went through, you know, Jim Carrey in the, the Truman Show where, you know, we live in a dome and there's a firmament and he hit the firmament and then he realized there were stairs and shit. He realized he was in the game. Like he hit the wall, man. You run a hundred miles in 24 hours, no training and hit 80 miles and you're gone. And then you go, I've got 20 miles to go in a couple hours. And then you're literally dead. And then he resurrected himself. And that 20 miles that he did that hour, he said it was literally, he was, went to another, went to another realm. I can speak And he to realized that. what the, when you go past the mental barriers of your mind, yeah. what the human body is capable of, there is zero excuses. And it's I, all, yeah. it's all a script. So when you fuck this, when you flip the script or say fuck this shit and throw the script away, we are more than capable of doing so much more, but our script holds us back. So this is why I spent the first 22 chapters talking about mm-hmm. what's internal, what you're actually capable of doing. Yeah. You talked a lot in the beginning about silence and getting quiet. And Pico Iyer has a great book about about that and and and, and finding stillness as yep. a way of in the uncomfort, like there's that process where first it's peaceful and then it's awkward and uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden the liquid of your mind just starts to melt into this beautiful clarity for, for Goggins, this idea of endurance sports, he is big. Well, he's, so I'm going to answer that question because I know right? what you're about to say. What, what is Goggins meditation is running. So he meditates when yes. he's running. I meditate. No music. So I he meditate. There's no I'm, music. Yeah, no music. I meditate when I read. I meditate when I'm uh, doing audiobook summaries. I get into the zone. Yeah. I meditate during the day. So I'll go have a nap, but I won't nap. I'll just drop my brainwaves from, you know, alpha, data, beta down to the level where I'm rested and then I come back. So meditation or getting quiet is understand. This goes back to your values and understanding not just your day to day, but your energy levels. But meditation is being corrupted and people think meditation is silence meditation is not silence meditation can be walking meditating thinking journaling is my meditation like it's getting clear david allen talks about you know the whole idea of the 80 20 rule or time productivity it's about getting clear and then 
80% of your time during the day is wasted, but 80%, 20% of your time is five hours. What is that four or five hours during the day that you can work on that's actually going to make an investment in your life? So getting clarity, getting clear, working to meditation, driving to meditation, watching TV is a meditation. Our life is a meditation. People don't realize that though. They think meditation is silence. Oh. Yeah, I know. And then they get frustrated yeah. because they can't clear the the junk out. And and that's, again, that's missing the point. It's It's finding that clarity whilst that is still going on. And I, you know, like I do that, I try and do things where I'm not going to run a hundred miles, but I was a, I was a runner. I know that there is points and runs that that accessibility to that, that both through the meditation, but also that clarity, it's very, very tangible. And, you know, I try and every year beat the shit out of myself with some kind of physical endeavor where you know, maybe I hike for 20 hours in a day. And, you know, all of a sudden it's pitch black. And, and if you, if you allow it to, you allow all the fears, all the doubts, all the, that, that, that negative talk, if you battle through that and you tap and you tune in and you tap in, it is, it is transcendent. And, you know, one of the ways people are doing it now is psychedelics and, you know, we're, to have that moment, like he had it you know, mile 80, you know, they're just taking it in a mushroom or, you know, in, in ayahuasca or LSD or DMT. Do you think psychedelics are, well, they're not new, but they are it's entering the, it's, you know, the zeitgeist here. And are the, do you think it's the new self-help that everyone's going to unveil the matrix? <laughs> well, well, no, no def- definitely not. Definitely not. So I've, I haven't done any psychedelics per se, but I know people who have, and I've researched the hell out of it. But those things, so you need to look at things again from, is it a temporary experience? Like if you had cocaine, alcohol, had a joint, had food, sex, whatever it is, it's very temporary, right? I mean, it doesn't last. So you can have psychedelics and have a great experience, like go and see a great movie, doesn't last. But if you have a breakthrough in your life through pain and transformation, and as a coach, we talk about, you know, what is your pain? What is your transformation? If you got someone through to the other side of pain, which is transformation, that's forever. You don't think Meaning psychedelics that, that shit, are cool that, that, that? Shit's No, it's temporary. And when I say temporary, even though psychedelics, you might have effects for years and they might be great and benefit. And again, it's, 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 a, it's a different area. I wouldn't combine the two just because you can take something and feel great. Or, or it can unlock certain things. Definitely. It's not my area of expertise, right? It's temporary. But what I'm saying, if, if you do hard things, there is a reward at, at the end of those hard things that can never be taken away. Mm-hmm. And so there's a time element to it as well. There's an effort element to it as well. Taking a drug, there's zero effort. The entry to barrier is nil. Where success, the entry to barrier, again, my book, the reason I did the cover and why it's a staircase to the moon, it's because it's very high. The bar is very high and there is a ladder and you have to climb every step mm-hmm. and it's day by day. So one of my great analogies is if you kick the ball like the soccer ball, if you kicked it every day, how far would that soccer ball be in one year? Pretty far. So what are the little things you can do every day that's going to make the difference in one, three, ten, five years? And that could be anything building a family, a relationship, building your knowledge, you know, tending to a garden. You know, those stories of the guy who 
you know, in certain third world countries and plants trees. And all of a sudden in 20, 30 years time, he's built a forest by planting a tree every day and the animal, the native animals come back and all of a sudden he's literally created life or moving rocks and boulders. And just you know, like that one man philosophy of what one man can do if he just pounds on it every day. So when you talk about psychedelics, for me, it's not a pounding. That's just a, it's, it's a different, it's, it's, it's it polar opposites. So I'm more interested in the Goggins. What can you pound on every day and smash it that at the end of the day, even if no one's watching, no one's looking, you can go to bed at night and say, you know what? I did it for me. I did it my way. I think that's, that's, that's getting full circle, understanding who you are, what your mission is, treat yourself with respect. Like you're a Jesus Christ, like, Treat yourself. You're in this. We're in this weird paradox. We're in this. We're in this life. We didn't choose it. We're here. We're having this. We're real. Like, what are you going to do with it? People downplay themselves. Don't downplay yourself. You've got superpowers. You know, unlock it. You know, get out of your own way. As you said, get it. If you can't get a coach, go to bestbookbits.com. Listen to authors. Surround yourself with people. Go network. Get out of your shell. Open yourself up you know, get out of the, the fixed mindset, get into the growth mindset. You know, you're not here forever. Do, do something with your life. Like do something for you. Have a bit of self-respect. Talk to yourself great. You know, there's so much shit out there that just, just you've got no excuses. And that's where I, I, I resonate with David Goggins. Like there's no excuses. And you can't, the book, you can't hurt me. You can hurt your physical body, but you, you, you really can't hurt a soul because it's intangible. It's invisible. You're, you're actually invisible. Hopefully that that ramble sort of uh, solidifies it. But yeah, that's it did. That's what it's I'm a, thinking right now. That that's what's that's what's true to me. And you answered the last question I, I usually ask. So I think that's a great place for us to uh, say good goodbye to part one because I, yeah, I got a lot of to... questions that you that you uh, sparked in me during the last hour and a half here. That now I'm like, well, now I need to ask Michael about this. And uh, and uh, you've got to get to get onto your day and your family. We can we can we, we what we'll do. Uh, we can do a part two, and you can just combine the two together. So we can we can do that very soon, and you can just keep it as one, and you can just delete this little conversation we're having right now. Up to you. We can definitely do that. Yeah. Happy to. yeah. Well, just in case, my friend, where can people find you? Where do you want people um, to find yeah, you? Yeah. So. Uh, just yeah, bestbookbits.com, uh, YouTube, best book bits, all one word. Uh, don't ask me why, but that's the website came first and then the audio came second. Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Check me out on Instagram at best book bits uh, or Michael George Knight. Um, yeah, I'm online. I mean, yeah, if there's a book you want me to summarize or if there's an author you want me to interview or if you want a free copy of my book, um, I'm giving this away to your audience as well so you just got to pay for shipping um or i can send you the ebook whatever's easy for you as well but yeah connect with me let me know i do coaching and consulting too so if you want to slap around the ears and get your life right well yeah hit me up i do have a uh, coaching program that i do and if yeah if you're an author or a business consultant as well yeah i do business consultancy at the back so there's a lot of things i do in the in the back end but yeah i'm into books as you know so i'm happy to have a conversation or just a chat or if you just want to have a bit of a ramble happy to jump on and have a bit of a ramble on a zoom as well but joel thank you very much for allowing me on the podcast and sharing my unconventional method and you're always uh, going to have a place on my podcast michael always 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 no matter how far down the rabbit hole you go 
The oh, world is better deeper. off. I'm going deeper because you take the time to think about things and research things, and be thoughtful about how you want to present those things in the world. And I and I cherish that about you, and I encourage others to to reach out to you and to to tune into some of your your brilliant episodes and and follow you and and just let you ask the questions, which is where we started, that help us all open our minds. Brother, thank you. Thank you, Joel. Have a great day. Appreciate it. As always, thanks so much for listening to The Ramble. No, there is a lot of podcasts out there. So we thank you for choosing to listen all the way through on this one. You know, we want to be part of the, the solution, the, the good questions, the things that move you and inspire you and make you want to connect deeper with yourself and others and all that great stuff. So if the spirit does move you, subscribe, share, post, anything. We'd be forever grateful. And if you have any comments or feedback, good, bad, ugly, it doesn't matter. We're here to listen. Guests you think we should have on. Of course, send them along. Thank you. And until next time, peace.